This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard and alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. G'day everybody. And your tax dollars are paying for this. It's the ABC's <laughs> own Nick Campton. Hello. Hey everybody. How'd that feel, Nick? ABC. Fantastic. Almost as good as your yeah. tax dollars going into my pocket. It's, it is infuriating. I'm never buying your beer at the pub again. And a <laughs> pod debut for AAP's own George Clark. He also runs a successful Facebook page called Clarky's Column. Welcome. <laughs> oh, stop that. Welcome yeah, to the jungle, bitch. That, yeah, I had so, to. So it was the main reason I wanted you on the show, to be honest. That's okay. We're not really, thankfully. Yeah, but in all seriousness, yes, George Clark, formerly of Fox Sports, now AP writer covering rugby league chiefly, bit of A-League in the summer. George, how's it going? It's going good, mate. Yeah, I'm hoping to make an instant impact on my debut, so let's get into it. Fantastic. Well, I think your phone just went off, so you've done brilliantly there. The phones Um, are texting in already. (laughs) Mate, mate, Clark, he gets scoops all day. The text line is blowing up. Um, All right, so um, this is something that uh, before we get into the draft, which is something that uh, Mitch and I discussed in a previous episode, if you haven't listened to it, we will explain it again uh, very shortly. But before that, we're into the quarterfinals of our rookie take bracket, gentlemen. You obviously all voted in the round of 16. I've tallied the results um, and we'll run through those last four matchups now. I'll put the poll up for the fans to vote on uh, after this, probably tomorrow. Um, and uh, look, Campo, the, the seeding committee was questioned at times, but uh, six of the top eight seeds have moved through there's, to the final. There's eight. a reason. There's a reason that these people have been on the committee for so long, and that's because they get it right. They have a exactly. feel for the game, a feel <laughs> for you. the takes. Some of the great takesmen of our time are on this committee, exactly. and um, I always had full faith that well, their knowledge and expertise would be reflected in the results. Well, I appreciate that, Nick. So, all right. So we'll quickly run you through the final eight. So first up, we have the juggernaut, the number one overall seed. Uh, it's a Redditor called Most Gouch. The Knights Flare really caps it off. Um, it's a ranting post about Latrell Mitchell. So this guy kicks someone in the head, does multiple dirty hits on people, and now he's taking a stand? Next time, take a stand and walk away, mate. Can apply that to the fucking internet as well. Can't believe this guy acts like he cares about anything other than himself, hence why he only takes a stand against issues that make him look sort of okay. Just remember, kid, people don't attack and insult the troll because he's Aboriginal. They do it because he's an arrogant, rich pain in the ass, and they say... And they will say whatever they know will hurt him. That just so happens to be his race or heritage. Into context, we shouldn't make fun of Cherry Evans' neck because that's his genetics and that's his heritage. So anyone who supports the troll also supports hating on Cherry Evans' neck. Pretty convenient that he finds some racist after he takes an imagined dump. I'm not reading that wrong. That's what it says. Also, the fact that Fittler apparently has a no dickhead policy, trying to score some good boy points so he can play Origin. You see, he just bought a house for his mother. He's such a good boy, guys. Now he needs that Origin's money now. Next season, I hear he's planning on breaking Pap's leg. We'll need to take down five racists and a Karen in one fend. Actually, the best idea for Latrell at this point is to buy Sheila Valley, get a sponsorship from Fortescue Medals to build a big iron statue of himself. He can have a position taking a dump on his dreams of ever winning a premiership without Tedesco. Now, I will say, the last paragraph, quite funny. The rest of it, extremely upsetting and racist. It gets stupider every week somehow. Yeah, it does. And that's, look, number one seed, tough to... Don't know how we're going to beat it. Although, this is one of the Cinderella stories of the bracket. One of the two bolters, the 24th overall seed, was Andrew Katsaris, who wrote, on grand final day, Difference between AFL and NRL Grand Final. In Victoria, most would know the Grand Finals being played, who was playing, and most could name the players. In New South Wales, many wouldn't know it was on. And of those who did, many would not know the teams, much less the players. Grand Final parties, not as big a risk. Uh, The city of Penrith proved that guy pretty wrong pretty quick. I did I did wrap the seating committee, but they have got that one wrong. Like an Mm -hmm. anti-Sharon, like a pro-Sharon take was always going to go deep. Um, maybe they just weren't looking at the strength of schedule heading into the tournament. Mate, but, um, every there's year a reason. There's, yeah. there's a reason they won their conference. You know, that's true. I mean, every year there's a Virginia Tech, there's a Butler. They go on a run. It just happens. It happens. As someone who grew, never grew up watching the Sharon, I was pretty ambivalent to the fact that was on. So you know, it swings. Yeah, I mean, you sound that's like the other three of us who never grew up watching the Sharon. So. Oh, <laughs> well, you're at least I, Australian, I so you should understand the rules. I have no idea. Just, no, we just can't yell, understand the rules because there are none. That's the point. I don't understand any of it. As I said, I bet on the guy to win the the Clive Churchill medal. He kicked like 14 goals, and they just gave it to the guy who touched the ball the most. It's fucking. Yeah, well, but how many disposals did he have, bungers? 
So I said to someone, they were talking about Buddy's thousandth goal the other day, and I go, well, they're going to run on the field for Buddy's thousandth goal, right? How come no one ran on the field for Gary Ablett's 5,000th disposal? And they didn't have an answer for me. How about you dispose of these nuts, man? How about that? Well done. Exactly right. All right, we've got our second matchup, our second quarterfinal. First up, we've got Mark Levy. I am a huge supporter of women's sport in this country, but I disagree with today's announcement from the QRL. The women's team will earn the same as the men from next year, but they don't bring in the same revenue. Would the QRL pay them $15,000 a game if it was a three-game series? I mean, yeah, probably. But uh, yeah. Uh, and our other bolter, I really don't like this one's here because, again, he's the coach. What do you expect him to say? It's Anthony Griffin saying, Jack is a good person and a good leader. Griffin hits back after captaincy storm. Reveals to Bellin, surprise. Yeah, look, I, I'm annoyed this Anthony Griffin one has made it this far, Mitchell. So am I. I mean, it's not a take. Okay, it's not a take, people. It, it shouldn't have won its week. It's through... I don't want to tank the results, but it's not a take. It's just, what is he supposed to say? Yeah, he's not going to slam his own player after his court case, is he? And we wouldn't expect him it, to. Yeah. What do you think is he's like, yeah, you know what? Everybody, he is a rapist, but he's playing third in this week. Like, yeah, what like, is he supposed yeah, to say? Exactly. <laughs> Ridiculous. All right. So that's the top half of the bracket. Now we go to the bottom half. The number two overall seed has cruised through to the Elite Eight. And that's Johnny Warrica. Feel sorry for Jared Hayne a bit. This woman led him on with sex chat. What does she think he was coming around in a taxi for? Coffee and cake? Uh, would you get in a taxi for coffee and cake? Who's that drink? All so of was us? that a general inquiry? Or? <laughs> yeah, would you? I mean, it, it just depends how good the coffee is, I think. Uh, well, yeah. I don't drink coffee. Uh, you don't, I'm, that's I'm, true. I'm hit and miss on cake. Some of it's too sweet, but if it was like just a, a nice, simple jam and cream sponge, I probably would. Yeah. Uh, cake sucks. <laughs> Generally, it, it's a, a, a dessert. It's right, a low tier dessert. What if it was a pie, Mitchell? If it was a pie, now see, now we're talking. And, uh, uh, going over for some pie, you're saying. I mean, just move past it. All right. And that cake will be up against Glenn Allsop, who wrote uh, this was a Facebook comment on a, on a story about, I think it was about Indigenous Round or the All Stars jersey, something. It's football. Why feel the need to push a culture? We don't have a non Indigenous jersey, do we? We don't have a non-Indigenous round. We don't have a non-Indigenous comp. Why? Because we accept. Why is it others want their own comp and exclude other races? Curry knockout? Ever see a non-Curry knockout? Imagine the outroar. The outroar. Every, t- every, time, every time I hear this take every week, I always shake my head and say all the other rounds are non-Indigenous round. So like, we all play. Outlaw is my favorite term. Outlaw is the best. We all play. Knockout my team footy as, a kid. as far as the I know, outlaws. we did not play <laughs> yeah, the Curry yeah, knockout. <laughs> Yeah. Does he want white Anglo-Saxon Protestant round? Like, where's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where's Irish Catholic round? Let's car bomb some shit, fellas. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so yeah, that's that's a, and that's a tricky matchup. I reckon that's going to be closer than people think. Um, and the last quarterfinal, we've got um, the Western Weekender, the number three overall seed, which was. Uh, I'm all for the NRL pushing inclusivity and embracing all corners of society, which is why it was so great to see the code involved in Mardi Gras last weekend, including through their social media channels. It didn't go unnoticed, however, that while the NRL was happy to throw out a Mardi Gras, it couldn't find time for a Happy Australia Day post back on January 26th. I mean, it's just sad. It's just so yeah, sad. That- <laughs> it is. Like the, it, it, he, this would definitely be one of those losers that like cries over the flag and the anthem in, in America. Like those, a lot, those of, lot, of, lot of respect for the troops. Elite levels of troop respecting, but can they go further in rookie takes? We'll wait and see because they're up against my personal favorite, which was a Dragons fan called Margaret Martinez on Facebook. She wrote, after supporting this proud club for 60 years, I can't remember a time when I felt so disappointed and ashamed of our players. How can they be so brain dead as to do what they did over the weekend? I supported Jackson Allen over the past few years, but he's let us all down and the club down in a big way over this stupid act. The season is well and truly ruined now. Very sad day. So people, there's your DeBellin take. There's the one. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. The fa- I stood by him during this stuff that's like a lot worse, but the barbecue. She was right though. It did ruin their season. They didn't win another game after that, right? Yeah it, yeah, it ended up being sitting on the other, other time on the podcast, but it sneakily was a great punishment. People didn't like the NRL spread their suspensions out. It ruined their season. Destroyed them, but, yeah. It yeah. did. Um, and if you want to vote 
on those rookie takes, I'll put the format probably at some time tomorrow. Uh, you need to be a member of our Patreon subscription service. Go to patreon.com forward slash NRL Boom Rookies. Uh, you can submit your own rookie takes next year. Take part in the Coltrane Cup, which is obviously brilliant. Access to our Discord server and plenty more. Uh, and with that said, I'll give a quick shout out to the people in the top two tiers of our Patreon subscription service. They are Chris Abnell, Dave, Carlo Tyson, Rocky and Rafi, Stu, Wayne Ritchie, Ben Wallace, Cam Beswick, CTO, Dan Cullinan, Doc Hogg, and Anonymous Packer. Frankie, Jace G, James K, Jason, Jez, Joel Wrigley, Josh Brandon, Lachlan Hancock, Leon, lifelong Dolphins fan, Matty Jenkins, Matt Coleman, Matthew Duggan, Michael Murray, Morgan Watkins, my ding dong is hard and I am sad, never trendy, party keg, Razor, Reese Brown, Roman Edwards, Roxanne Clark, Seymour Butt, Stephen Hickey, Schwarzy, Ty, the not so mature student, Thor Laycock, Tom Hardy, and Waz. Thank you so much for your continued support. To everyone in the lower tiers and to everyone who just listens, thank you as well. Uh, George, since you're new, uh, ding dong and sadness update. Uh... I'm happy, but my ding dong is not hard. Is oh, good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that <laughs> is, that's the sweet spot. That's where you want to be. You, 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 you hit the, the, you hit the sweet spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's good to be here. So. All right, excellent. So now we're going to move on to the main event of today's podcast. So Mitch and I have talked about some previous episodes. We're going to be doing an expansion draft. It's going to span a few episodes. Basically, the concept is we'll be protecting five players from each club that can't be drafted, and then we will each be drafting a team to our own uh, new franchise with a coach as well. Um, today's episode, we'll just be talking about the five players from each team that we protected. Uh, each of us was assigned four NRL clubs to protect. Um, obviously, there's been a little bit of movement on that front in the last couple of weeks because we've had guys moving teams. Like, for example, Brandon Smith now counts as a rooster. Appy Coruscant now counts as a tiger, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, uh, we can jump straight into that. Um, uh, so we'll go first up with we'll just start from brisbane and we'll work our way across so mitchell obviously being a broncos fan we gave you the broncos uh who are the five players you've chosen to make sure that brisbane will not have pride away from them yeah there's only a few teams in here that genuinely like you would you wanted to keep like two and you wouldn't care about the rest and whilst brisbane have some good players in a protection situation i only cared about three of these or so i didn't the rest of them could have gone back uh, so the obvious two, like Payne Haas, Adam Reynolds, we the first two. Myself and the Broncos themselves will probably lock up. We all took different approaches here, by the way. I took an approach. I tried to do it as if I was the club and how they have spoken. Everyone's in all different approaches, which makes it interesting. Leaves us good players for the draft in some spots, not in others. Uh, and the other players I locked up, like uh, Katoni Staggs. And then I was sitting there uncomfortable thinking, do I lock up Kurt Capewell? No, nah, don't want to do that. I saw the other guys all really young, but I've gone with Herbie Farnworth. And Selwyn Cobbo, which, you know, like I, I could have let them both go back to the pile, really, but it was like tossing them up, or like I said, a Capewell, or not a Pat Carrigan, you know, <laughs> you know, like I like guys like Ezra Mam and, and Brendan Piakura, but their potential is just, you know, Herbie Cobbo have played and shown it, so mm-hmm. that, that was it yeah. for me. I Fair was, enough. I was, I don't know, if we're going to go into guys who have missed out or whatever, but I was surprised oh, that Tessie knew didn't get a run ahead of Cobbo. Yeah, I just um, I think they're higher on Cobo. The Broncos are, and I, I also think it's just he can play more positions in first grade. Like I think Tessie, I like him at centre, but he's small and he's playing fullback now. But I think like Cobo can play centre wing fullback. If I'm keeping one of them, I, I think I can fit him anywhere. Still an awkward fit. They're going to end up with three guys I'd like in the centres: Stags, Herbie, and Cobo. But yeah, Make they haven't got a Make lot work, of uh, top end talents anymore. Yeah, the super uh, speak- coach Kevy, they'll be fine. That's very exactly good point, right. George. Um, speaking of oh, teams, not- Billy was very close. Billy have, you ever seen, have you ever seen more of like a, a clear parallel to the Brizzy situation in your life than what's going on with your man Solskjaer at Man United? You know what I mean? No, it's perfect. It's, it's the a, coach is, a coach is obsessed with the past and she's trying to bring it back via vibes. And it's just yeah. unsuccessful because vibes aren't enough, you know? We are the same in both sports. Like United post-Fergie, the Broncos post-Bennett. It's like the exact same thing. It is. What a it's, it's perfect. Um, Can anyone think of an example of a sports team where a figure who's been there 20, 30 years leaves and then there isn't a drop-off? Because these two are the most recent examples, right? But I can't think yeah. of anyone having it that dramatically bad. I, I guess Mike Tomlin at Pittsburgh Steelers, like because Bill Cowher was there for ages, I think. I think the Steelers only had like three or four coaches in their whole history. Um, yeah. So maybe, maybe him, but um, but he's still there. Um, I mean, who was the um, like? Yeah, you know the the Spurs, like okay, uh, Popovich hasn't dropped off, but the Spurs have since Tim Duncan left, and Pop won't be around much longer. But you'd think they'd probably crash after he eventually hangs up what the clipboard. I don't know, but yeah, it, it's hard for any, as you said, a, a coach around for twenty or thirty years. They're, they're 
pretty much irreplaceable in any sport, you'd think, someone around that long and going. It doesn't matter how well you prepare for it. So yeah, like, what just... the Storm going to do after Bellamy? Like, they can punt yeah. on like, but if they, you know, if it is Jason Riles, like, we still don't know if he can coach, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. Um, moving on, we've got uh, the Canberra Raiders and Nick Campton, known Raiders enthusiast, is on the board. Yeah, this one, there were a couple of guys that really stood out to me, but outside of maybe the top two, there were a fair few guys I felt like you could slot in. And I sort of went from half the approach of what I think they would do and half the approach of what I would do. So the five are Josh Papali'i, Charles Nuggle-Cluckster, Jack Whiten, uh, Tom Starling and Joe Tarpanay are very nearly slotted in Hudson Young for that Tarpanay spot just because I think Young can play middle and edge and Tarpanay as good as he is still frustrates me terribly with his lack of consistency but if it was down to the club they'd probably hang on to him but there's a lot of other guys who I feel like you could, in slot, you could slot in for that last spot I think Canberra's one of those teams who has a couple of out and out stars but the rest of it's sort of built on having a strong squad 1-13 to 13. so I reckon they're ones who will have the team absolutely fucking destroyed in this draft so it's good it's keeping on it's ongoing with my lifetime theme of like canberra misery you know so i'm yeah. glad that that's that's continuing in this fun so fantasy draft we're doing i'm guessing elliot whitehead just an age thing it was an age thing i actually thought he had a pretty poor season this year so I, I. I hate him as captain because all he does is scream at the refs and do terrible captain's challenges that are always wrong he's oh, older than he, he's older than a lot of people listening would think i think he's 32 next year yeah. And there's a lot of miles on the belt. And I think you can already tell that he's starting to slow down a little bit. So, yeah, he, he wouldn't have even been my sixth or maybe not even my seventh man um, if I was if I had a couple more spots. But, um, yeah, I think we uh, we might be seeing the Elliot Whitehead drop off very soon, which is great because he's under contract for the next 10 years, I think. Oh, that's good. It's very, yeah, it's good. <laughs> very you didn't good. Wanna, you didn't want to protect Jared Croker? No, I'm picking Jared Croker in the first round. But you pick no matter what. But you pick one who every Raiders game you text me and say, for fuck's sake, why has he done this? He frustrates me. He frustrates me. But if I didn't keep him, someone would have snapped him up. That's a very fair point. You got to do it. You know, he could, he could, you know, carry Cody Walker's bags or something. All right, George, <laughs> you're up next. Uh, Canterbury Bulldogs. Well, I imagine if we'd done this 12 months ago, I wouldn't have had anyone to pick. I would have been That's, picking. Well, just Corey Allen. Player. What are you talking about? <laughs> Origin winning Corey Allen. So. I went for Josh Adokar, um, yep. mainly for vibes, whatever. Uh, Matt Burton, the same reason, you know, there's, mm-hmm. there's so much upside in him. Luke Thompson, now I know they're trying to get rid of him, but that's because he's, um, you know... Uh, he wants $10 squillion. Dollars. <laughs> massive wicket and seems to have had a vaccine now, so that's good. Um, I was tossing up between Viliami Kikau and TPJ, but Pangai can play middle and edge and doesn't just take carries in the opposition half. Um, unlike Kikau, so I went with him, and then Reed Marnie was a no brainer. Um, it's because their spine's pretty garbage, apart from that. So, Nick Kotrick yeah. is in the in the draft, which will please Campo. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one. I think, you, I think you nailed this. It is, it is very funny to think what you would have done 12 months ago. Like, would it have been like Nick Meany, Corey <laughs> Allen, Luke Thompson? Will Hopawata. Cottridge. Yeah. Cottridge and Burton, oh, Cottridge, they were yeah. coming Imagine that saying, no, 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 no. You may not have Nick Meaney. He is, one, <laughs> he, is, he is a pillar of this club's future. Hands off. Well, he's a very yeah. handsome lad. He's someone to build around. Good looking fella. Just to reiterate, we're doing, as of this week, the people who contracted for 2023, assuming the draft is from then forward. Those guys are yeah. contracted. And if you haven't moved clubs or assuming you're staying at the same club. So, so by the time you listen to this, Luke Thompson might not be eligible for George, but right now he is. Yeah. So. He is, but uh, that's the only one. Like you know, it depends how you see it. I agree that he picked the better play, like the the better player. George did, but I I think if the Bulldogs did this exercise, they wouldn't have kept Luke Thompson because he seems to want a bazillion dollars and no one wants to give it to him. But at some point, that he's going to have to lower that expectation because no one's giving him that money anyway. Like, isn't hmm. he already on a fair whack? Like, yes. So Do you know the best thing about the best thing about Luke Thompson is I think his dad is like you're talking tens of millions pounds rich he runs some engineering company so luke thompson doesn't actually need the money <laughs> so it's like our, it's like our, isn't foreign's old boy like the vice president of walmart in china or something like he's... yeah <laughs> yeah just does it for the love of the game all right um campo's up again this was all randomly done so the, the actually i mitch and i don't 
talk again for like eight more teams. Uh, Cronulla, <laughs> Nick. Yeah, Cronulla was was one of the tougher ones because just kind of going through their roster and picking out guys that I like. There's a fair, there's a fair few of them. There's a fair few of them, and again, they're a club that I don't think have many out and out stars at the minute. Like it's a it's a strong it's a strong roster across the board, but I think picking their best player isn't isn't the easiest thing in the world. So I've done what I always do in times of crisis and just picked up a lot of Jets boys. So I've gone Will the King Kennedy. If you listen to this, you know he's one of my dudes. Handsome Toby Rudolph, Blake Braley, Dale Finucane, and uh, Nico Hines. They're my five. But, like, I could have easily snuck Jesse Raymond in there or Hamlin Ueli or Nakora or McInnes or Talakai. It's a lot of different dudes that, that could have filled those spots. But I just – if you were looking to build a squad, you'd want two spine guys – or you'd want three, two or three spine guys and a couple of good middles. So I've just picked the best guys yeah. in the spine and the two best middles and I, gone from there. I think McInnes is probably the only one I probably would have picked over the ones you did. I'd probably take him probably ahead of Toby and uh, maybe the King as well. But other than that, I don't know. I feel like if I hadn't, if I hadn't protected the King, he would have gone pretty, pretty early because good fullback, just looking from the guys who are still left, good fullbacks are going to be in short supply. No, that's a fair point. Most guys have protected their fullback. So I think that's just what you got to do. McInnes, McInnes was a line ball decision with handsome Toby. McInnes is a guy he'll someone will definitely draft him just because he can play middle and hook. He can play hooker and middle. And that's a really valuable thing to have in your squad, but he's coming off, that bad knee injury, there are a lot of miles on the belt, you know, and Cronulla aren't short of good middles, you know what I mean? And good middles aren't the hardest thing in the world to find. So that was yeah, the thing there. They'll have a lot of guys go drafted, as you mentioned, that like they'll have like, they'll have no doubt like Ronaldo will get drafted. So will McInnes. Yeah. So, so will like Wade Graham will get drafted by somebody you'd assume like Jesse yeah. Ramey. And like, there's a lot of good players there. I agree with you. And um, I probably picked the same five purely because I think McInnes is best spot is hooker and they're going to turn him into a lock. We know this, but if I have to pick five of them, I'll pick the one that they've backed in as the hooker to Blake Braley and then Toby at 13 or moving to prop or similar. I'm with you on that one. Yeah. All right. Let's jump ahead. Uh, Campo, you're straight back up and it's the Gold Coast Titans. Well, this, this, this one was actually one of the easier ones because of mm. course you pick the feeder. Of course you pick Tino. Of course you pick AJ Brimson. Of course you pick Mo Fodawaker and then you've got one spot left. And there was a fair few guys that I could have slotted into this spot, but I went with Jaden Campbell just because he was so impressive towards the back end of the season. And like I said before, with Kennedy, good fullbacks are going to be hard to find. So if I was the Titans, that'd be the that'd be the who I'd give the fifth spot. I thought this was one of the most straightforward ones. The Titans, I don't mind their roster, and I think they have some other guys who'll get picked up, but they are quite top heavy. And these, I think this is pretty clearly the top five. Yep. Uh, I can't really think of anything controversial about this, boys. Anything? No, I think no. Yeah, again, that one, uh, that one's pretty straightforward. They, the Titans yeah. Discord will be up in arms about the just, lack just of, on a side, the lack just, of discourse. On a side note to that, I think they're really going to regret letting Foggy go this year because you look at their spine's going to be Brimson, Campbell, and um, uh, who's the other fella, Sexton. Sexton. And it, you see, Sexton's one you might have put in, but like. Sexton Brimson and uh, Campbell is like what ten games of first grade experience, Not and then much, Brimson yeah. hasn't well, and played hookers, six. And their hookers, their hookers, going to be what Aaron Clark, who's got like thirty odd games, and I, I don't really yeah. like Brimson at six either. Like he played there when he first came in, and he was he was sharp, and he ran the ball, and he ran the ball okay. But like I don't know, I don't I don't know how he goes as a playmaker, even at fullback that never really came through. And he's I don't think he's he's quite a good fullback. So I actually reckon Jaden Campbell would make a better six than Brimson. They're looking to shift some dudes around, but you know, what can you do? Yeah, Brimson's more of a like a his traditional work at fullback that's gone well is fullback work, like better kick returner, not a bad support player, not really a ball player. Yeah, and um, I'm with you on that, but I guess they, they're probably more afraid of the physique of, of Jaden Campbell being in the line. I don't know, but I don't like, as you said, it's not really part of this draft, but I don't like how they're going forward that spine this year. I think, I think they're rushing something they can be patient with. Sexton can take it, take someone's job throughout the year or they can, you know, Brimson's injury prone himself anyway. Sexton, it's not a rush. You know, I don't know why you think he's good now. You've got to throw him in right now in their, in their mind. Like Fogarty could have kept playing in the first couple of rounds and figured it out. I'm, I'm with you. But uh, I think he, Fogarty had a really weird career at the Titans. He went like Miric Rise to being their captain to people thinking he was an origin player to start of this year. There was those takes are out there to people now thinking he's shithouse. And not much really changed. He's been like the same player the entire time. It's almost like people expected him to go from how he was playing on day one to just get better. 
So no, he's just been, you know, decent the entire time. Yeah. All right. Um, next up, we've got George doing Manly. Uh, the clickbait headline here would be shock as Tobojevic left out of protections. Yeah, well, obviously, um, I had to pick Tom, uh, even though I think he's been a massive beneficiary of the rules, but he's like the only player who's a standout. Cherry Evans, obviously, I think the club would do that. Um, and like, you know, there aren't that many great halfbacks around, so you keep him. Uh, Schuster was the other one. Um, obviously, a massive potential. We've seen him play back row of six. Um, you know, could play centre if you need him to. And then the other two I was kind of tossing up and I kind of looked at it similar way that you fellows have talked about. I looked at Hamoli Olakowatu and thought that there was something there last year and he's really physical. Uh, and the other one was Taniela Paseca. Now, obviously, Marty Tapao's at the wrong end. I think there's a lot of upside in Paseca. He just needs to take the handbrake off and, you know, mm. he's a great middle. I think if he's a Queensland, he'd be playing Origin potentially, you know. Yeah, but if you were a Queenslander, you'd probably would have played Origin by now. <laughs> they need some big fellas. Yeah, that's true. Maybe I'll, yeah. maybe I'll get down the oval. Like, DCE's obviously going to be up in age in a year or two, but, like, I think they'd still choose the last year or two of his career over letting yeah. him move on. And, uh, and you know, everyone here would agree with the Jake Tavoyevich going back into the pile. I won't be shocked if he goes undrafted. I was going to say, but, uh, could he could he possibly go undrafted? Like a, a, a origin mainstay of, in the forwards and might not get a run. He's only but getting Brad in Martin, my team. If I'm so angry at my team, I want to make it worse. Okay? If I'm not <laughs> doing that poorly. If you want to tank for the next expansion yeah. draft. Exactly. So that's the only way he's getting in my team. But, uh, yeah. Uh, He's actually, he's actually one player the Dolphins would turn down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not on that contract. Yeah, they like that. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. Again, Manly have a lot of those goodish players or also a lot of players. I don't know how much faith I have in them after uh, the outlier season they kind of had. Like, they were so much... Like, there were Minnow Bashes who, you know, lost a lot of games. That, sorry, they didn't win many big games. They just didn't whatever and yeah i don't know how much faith i have in a lot of them keeping going and i mean who else would you keep wouldn't keep four at that age no you're not I mean, like fainu but then uh yeah what, he's what's going on the there? Lab, he's so, right, doesn't he? he's like, yeah so yeah, yeah. On, on potential two years ago you would have said yes but like and they obviously yeah. did that by getting rid of coruscant but you know yeah 100 percent. all right uh george straight back up with the uh, melbourne storm you haven't okay. arranged. You haven't arranged the teams very well. The teams were the teams were drawn randomly, but then the list was written alphabetically. So, got a big clump of George and Campo, and everyone can just deal with it. Uh, so the storm, later. storm. I went uh, Harry Grant uh, around Pappenhausen. Uh, Monster. It seems to have gone quiet on that front in his Dolphins move. Um, apparently, he's already gone back to training early. He was like back two weeks ago, and it looks fit. Uh, Christian Welsh, good prop, but also good vibes. And uh, you know, Jesse Bromwich is getting getting on a bit, and Nelson doesn't want to get a vaccine. Um, and then the fifth one was just an arm, a because I love the bloke, and b because there's um, no good centers around. So. Did- did Justin Marlon bribe you to be on this list with the money that he earns from like endorsing kettles and every other fucking thing up in PNG? Have you, ever told that, have you ever told that story to the masses? What story is that? The one how Justin Olam like advertises, like sells absolutely everything in PNG. Oh, mate, he, he's, like he's, David, he, he, he's like David Beckham. He like, he's like, when you get off the plane at, at Port Moresby Airport, his face is the first billboard you see selling superannuation and health insurance on separate billboards is incredible so he is like png's you know icon that's um, it so you picked him to sell jerseys is what you're saying so like com- commercially smart and they <laughs> do buy I, I believe they buy all originals of papua new guinea they spend the 170 each they buy <laughs> melbourne storm jerseys so i think um the only only real controversial one there you've got for the storm is obviously um no jerome hughes and uh you know, I I know I, I want to say, I want to know why have you picked uh, Justin Olam over Jerome Hughes? Oh, but simply for for Olam, and uh, also mm-hmm. I'm going to draft Jerome Hughes first. So there you go. <laughs> well, you better <laughs> but, uh, make sure you get the number one pick. The the monster stuff's gone funny, isn't it? It's almost like there was so much. He was so openly bra- uh, like brazen about going to the whatever Queensland team turned up. They kept talking about it, and then there was even like you saw some of those chats, like him and Brandon Smith were talking on podcasts about like going to a team together. Mm. 
And it's like, no other boys have gone there. And he's just like, you know what? I'm going back to storm training early. This is fucked. Reckon, well, <laughs> maybe that, like, I guess that's the biggest, that's the biggest invite indictment on, on the dolphins. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to offend any of the proud people of the, or whatever. The few, but, the um, proud. <laughs> but I guess that's the biggest indictment because like, it felt like Munster was inevitable. Like it felt like everything was lining up for the Munster to be announced as their first signing. And there's just been nothing. There's been no movement whatsoever. I actually, I actually have a theory on this. I reckon, and I'm just speculating. I think that like the the off-field stuff that he was caught up in in the last couple of months. I think that he would have really got the hump with that. And I think he might have realized that if he goes to a Brisbane team, that he's going to be in the spotlight 24/7. Where he realizes if he goes back to Melbourne, he can just kind of just go back to doing his own thing without anyone really bothering him. I think that's a really important thing for a lot of athletes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like in Melbourne, you get all the benefits of being a star athlete and not literally none of the drawbacks, you know? Yeah. Well, you have to live in Melbourne. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> all right. Uh, George, again, your fourth and final team. I really fucked this up. Uh, Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done one yet. <laughs> yeah. So Ponga, that was pretty straightforward. Daniel Safi, Bradman Best, Jaden Braley and Jake Clifford. And then I was kind of thinking, do I get Frizzell or Clemmer? But they're both the wrong age, you know, if you're thinking longer term. So that's why I kind of passed on those guys. And then the rest of that roster is a bit, you know, like Canberra's. They're just kind of spot fillers. So no one really jumped out on me. Um, Unless you guys can think I've missed anyone. I think you've just slapped all the hoy boys in the face. But other than that. Oh, I thought thought Gagai might have been in. Oh, yeah, shit. you've already got you can change it right now younger nah let's put Gaga in the draft let's make it fun yeah yeah okay he's one of those ones i don't think it would have made sense to protect him because you've already got best and it's the same position but if you don't protect Gaga, he's gonna go and he's probably gonna go pretty high he will go quite early all right i don't uh, don't, one thing that yeah I i don't think uh like you said at start camp, fullbacks are actually one of the real tough positions. Whereas yeah. I think centers are actually blessed. Like we've already missed Ramey and Kotrick, um, Jared Croker, um, and a few others. Still elite. So. He's still elite, baby. Yeah, I am. Um, and I, I was surprised by that. I can't believe Bradman Best has only played 31 first grade games. He gets injured a lot. He does. He gets injured like, a lot, man. And it's always like, oh, yeah, he's like torn ligaments in his ankle and he's going to be out for three months and then he's back in. A month, yeah. and then he gets injured again. Yeah, because I, I that's, what happens, the, uh, that's what happens when you're an 18-year-old who looks like he's 34. That's it. I was doing the draft board up today, and yeah, I was like, oh, shit, that seems low. But yeah, I want to put respect on George's name that he had already punted Mitch Pierce before it was official. He already <laughs> punted Pierce. He wasn't on the list. A bit of respect there. He's not been able to finish on fifth tackle for like three years, so it's kind of... He's never been able to finish on fifth tackle, George. Yeah, he hasn't. He hasn't been able to do it for 14 years. That's how long he was in first grade, man. Like... They're going to love yep. him in France. At least you can crash over in France and score, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he can dummy and use his old man step he has and go on fifth and crash yeah. over. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Mitch, you're back. Your second team, the North Queensland Cowboys. <laughs> this one was tough. Like, it, it, it really tough. was. I wanted to keep Jason Tamalolo and the Hammer, and that was it. Like, really. No. Like, the other ones, there's some prospects. If you didn't give a shit about anyone else not staying, like, you don't care if you if you lose. Like Highland Lukey, I really like his potential. Like Jeremiah Nana, I really like, but they're not going to ruin the Cowboys' future. They lose him. They've lost better players in their sleep, you know. So um, from then on, I I had to think. I tried to like. I reckon the club probably says the Chad, but I have too much pride to even do that. I'm not putting the Chad in. So they oh. signed Luch. So Luciano Lua is in there. They've overpaid him, but whatever. They signed Luch, so he's going in. And then I don't really like this one, but I'm like, I reckon Val Holmes, they should probably move him on because they are paying him a million dollars to play in the centers. Stupid. Mm. But whatever. We're keeping him. <laughs> keeping him around. He's staying. And then I've, I have picked, I have picked a uh, Hollem Lukey just because I like, I'm not going to pick, you know, what Cohen Hess or, you know, drink water, whatever. I'm not picking any, like they don't. And I didn't pick Reese Robson because they don't want Reese Robson. Clearly than all the other ones. Like, he's allowed to go like right now. So I didn't pick him for that reason. So he's back in the pool. But yeah, I'm not, I don't love any of it. I like the hammer and Tamalolo, the rest of them, whatever. Uh, I was, yeah. How could, how could, how could 2021 player of the year Cohen Hess not get protected? Unbelievable. Yeah, that's no, ridiculous. Um, all right. Let's move on. Um, yeah. Uh, 
It's you. Yeah, I was actually, no, <laughs> no, 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 before, before we, still here. No, no, before we moved on, I just want to ask um how close was Nanai to getting in there ahead of Luch? Not 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 really, or so I, I mean I picked out a Luki and and Nanai. That's essentially what I picked. I picked the one prospect they didn't want to lose. I yeah, picked Luki who who did it all year and played middle and edge a bit. And, uh, you know, you keep Luch and not keeping uh, Nanai as well. And again, Nanai might also be gone soon. So Yeah. All right. So I had Breed Marnie in the Parramatta one. Obviously can't keep him anymore. You took the liberty of changing that to Dylan Brown, I think, because I didn't George do that. Did. Oh, okay. <laughs> fine. Whatever. It's fine. He'll do. Um, yeah. So he uh, it's obviously Junior Paulo, Clint Gutherson, Mitchell Moses. Um, I thought about taking, I thought about Will Penasini over Mike Acevo, but I went with Sevo and then Dylan Brown now slots in for Reed Marnie, who's no longer a Parramatta player next year. Your tough one, I thought you, like, I agree with you, by the way, Paulo over Regan Kimmel Gillard. But uh, Regan yeah. Kimmel Gillard, this is one they've locked up. But yeah, I like the Paulo pick. Paulo is a far more dynamic player. I agree. Kimmel um, Gillard could just get his manager to do an interview and say, hey, he's going to leave, and then you'll have to draft him and let Paulo go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. True. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, yeah, look, I think you kind of have to protect Dylan Brown that, now that you've lost Marnie. And like, you know, he hasn't really kicked on the way we would have hoped, but he's still, you know, very, very young and could improve. So yeah, it makes sense. The rest of them, pretty straightforward. But yeah. All right. Moving on, Mitchell. Penrith, there's probably like six guys you could have picked between. So you've gone with five of them. There's a tough one. Well, yeah. Coruscant, I already well, that made, made it easier. One. Yeah, I know. I already punted him though. He was already gone. Uh, the really easy ones is obviously like they're keeping Cleary, Lua, and Fisher Harris. Those like the first three. Instantly, I was like, bang, 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 dead, locked in. The tough one comes down to they've got Brighton Toto. Do you value a winger at that highly? You know, Brighton Toto, Isaiah Yo, and Stephen Crichton. That's yeah. where I end up sitting, thinking, "Fuck, what do I do here?" And I've gone with. Toto and I've gone with Crichton, even though I think Yo is sensational, but that's just how many good players they have. But I just think Toto is the, the best winger in the game by some distance, but makes such a difference to how they play rugby league. They miss him not as much as they miss Nathan Cleary, but when they miss Toto, you could really say he wasn't playing. You know, Fisher Harris is in the middle there doing doing his thing. Yo will be a loss, but also I think Crichton is still the long term. He wasn't didn't have a great year this year. But I still think he's one of the best uh, back prospects in the, in the whole game, you know. So I, I couldn't let him go back to the pole. And then it's one of those ones, you know, if you let him go back, it'd be like go somewhere else for 10 years and you'd sit there fucking cursing the entire time when you watch Crichton play for another club. Whereas Isaiah, yo, he's he's done his stuff for the club. Let him go. Yep. Okay. With well, Crichton, argued. I didn't, I, didn't yeah. think, I didn't think Crichton had a great season, but he did have a great finish. And I think he really settled into yeah. what his role is going to be long term, which is either wing or fullback. And he just showed mm. he just showed this awesome work rate that he didn't really have at all when he was in the centres, and that just sort of changed his, that changed the trajectory I thought he could be on as a player. And you're right, like you throw him on the pile, and he's gone what first or second round, you know? Yeah, and yeah, and like I said, if that in if this happened in real life, that's one of the ones that goes away, and then you don't stop fucking hearing about it, even though you're like, <laughs> you know, your club, you're like, look, we picked Isaiah, you're a really good player over him. You still don't stop hearing about it. You keep here every second week. How could the Panthers let him go? Every time he does I like good. how I like how getting ahead of the take discourse is factoring your decisions. Oh my considering okay, if I'm Penrith now, I'm Brian Fletcher too, who is fucking really into the take discourse. He reads every article and responds. And he's got damn fear of that article. Okay, so cry to stay. Yep. All right, fair enough. All right, uh, so we're back to me again. The grand Three old club. in a row, you clown. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, who cares? Fine. Oh, stop it. Um, all right, so a couple of very, very easy ones. The first three, I think Cody Walker, Latrell Mitchell, Ken Murray, very, very straightforward. Um, then I got a little bit trickier. I think Damien Cook, you still got to keep. Um, I know Camper and I discussed this at the party. He learned towards not protecting Cook, but I think you've just got to. Like, he's still the Australian and New South Wales hooker. He's still a great player. Um, and then the fifth spot was the hard one. Like, you could make cases for Tom Burgess, Campbell Graham, even, but I've gone with uh, Keon Kalamatangi as the fifth guy. Yeah, I feel like I'd have let Damien Cook go back as well because you just like you have you mentioned a couple there. You also have Jai Arrow, who I know you yeah, know he's off he the was... bench or similar, but he was fantastic for you guys this year. And just with the age Cook would be at the time, I don't know. I do think they wouldn't let him go though. I think you've made the the right choices. Yeah, but I Arrow Arrow Tom Burgess and 
and a couple other guys were on the shortlist, but um, yeah, mm. uh, I think that's about it. Um, Alex Johnson will be my first overall pick. Um, <laughs> me again, the Dragons. Uh, this one was tough. I went, uh, so there's really just Ben Hunt and Zach Lomax, right? Yeah, that's and it. And then I've gone Tyrell Sloan, McKelly Revelawa, and Jaden Sullivan. They're tough. So, I think, like, who's who's the, who the unlucky man there? Like, there's uh, Tarek Sims, I guess. The, like, the well, they let him go. The Fee Guy twins. They the probably they, they, they probably keep the bell, but you can't put that on your brand. I, I've <laughs> never never doing that in a million years. And I'd probably if I I'd probably keep Frank Molo over um, Ravalava, but like they're just so this this squad is so average, and they're you know it's big bad. signings are like Molo, Sua, Moses Suli, Andrew McCulloch, George like, Burke, McCulloch. Like yeah, those like, really none of those been, guys are getting drafted. In our they're draft. really betting big on the young boys, on the old boys teaching the young boys how to how to run around and work it and all that sort of thing. How- you know what I mean, but. Who knows if that works? How long till Moses Suley is saying that the drive to Wollongong is too far from Western Sydney <laughs> and is falling asleep in his car? Instantly. It's, it's, it will Round happen. Six. The, the big sleep, how could we forget about the big sleepy boy? <laughs> I have the no only, idea how he got paid again, George. Again. <laughs> like, I don't know what happened. The only hope they have is that he really likes Chico's. Yeah, That's their best bet. That is a lure, yeah. Everyone mm. does like Chico's. It's a good fair point. Yeah. Like and maybe one of the like the the Fenai brothers there like yeah well I I, I did think about both Matt of them, but I, I was gonna do like a whole Sherry but not Terry thing and pick one of them which would have been fun but no oh, well what can you do yeah. and last last of my four teams it's the Sydney Roosters um so this has obviously changed very recently with the Brandon Smith stuff uh, Angus Crichton is probably going to be one of the first players overall drafted because he's gone back into the pool. Uh, and so Brandon Smith will be protected along with James Sedesco, Sam Walker, Joe Manu, Luke Keary. Can't really see an argument for anyone else. You can't, but like, here's some of the players that you haven't protected. Tupo <laughs> Suwali, both the Butchers, Warrior Hargraves, Collins, Bradley, Bradley Tupanua, Hutchinson, Crichton. It's fucked. Oh, holy so, shit. Yeah, fucking yeah. hell. They like, might if they get Smith, they might, they might go unbeaten next year, honestly. Like, they're going to yeah, be so they- hectic. I hate it already. We're going to pick so many of their players in this draft. Like Lindsay Collins for a couple of weeks, I was looking at the best front row in the game this season before he got hurt. Yeah. But he's not in the top like 10 players we'd keep. <laughs> Fucking stupid. Ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that'd be my bet for like most players drafted, I think, from here. Yeah. Them, them or Storm or South, probably. I think. Yeah. I think pretty much all three of those teams remaining first graders will all get drafted at some point, I'd say. Yeah, like, it's tough to like. I'm really like. I'm not really seeing a South player that played in the grand final who's not going to end up on one of our four squads. Well, because well, you're going to pick them off. We don't. Yeah, I'm going to. Yeah, I'm going to pick Mark like Nichols. twelve of them. You're well, going to draft Mark Nichols. Like that's why would I not yeah. draft a starting grand final prop? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I'll move on to my one. <laughs> Warriors, my last one here, and uh, this one I thought the first four was easy and tossed the last one up, but I went to the good people of Twitter, which was just Jason and our, uh, Jason Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and we both agreed, but we didn't pick that player. So anyway, I've picked uh, Sean Johnson on his return there. Reese Walsh, Torhu Harris. Those three were really easy. Then Fanua Blake as well. And then the last spot, I was going to give it to Chanel Harris Tavita. But again, we all know they're not committed to them. And I also asked Jason. He agrees it's Chanel. But he says, if you ask Warriors fans, he said 90% of them would have said Josh Curran. So it's Josh Curran, which I can't believe I'm saying that, but he was so good at the end of this year, has no right to be as good as he was. He's kept Chanel's position. And also, I think, you know, maybe they wanted to lock it down. They've already got Sean and Reese. Maybe they've got want to go somewhere else there and, and, and pick a lockdown Josh Curran, have a really strong pack. What are you doing listening to the fans? You used to tell them what you used to tell them no, what to think, man. You used to I be know, the tastemaker. But also, I want to think as well, Campo, this is part of the same thing George said earlier. I also want to see where Harris Vita goes in our draft. Well, he'll go, to one of the, he'll go to one of the four of us. I think me and George might fight each other to get him. Yeah, both, that's why I was like, you know, I can because I, I wanted him to go in the draft as well. That's why it helped. It helped that okay. they can keep their boring player no one wants. And <laughs> yeah. Harris of Eden go back to the draft and we can all, you know, take him in the third round stupidly. See, I'm, I'm a massive CHT fan. Uh, I would have picked him. I understand why, why you haven't, you know, whatever. Luke Metcalf, I know he signed... No, no room for Luke. No, I mean, God, that that's been a weird one. That the high pitch has gone through the roof since like the day he signed. It's like, have I missed something? Yeah, he's, he's right. Played, played six games, but they're they're yeah. banking on him playing with Johnson next year, and he's like, I know, 
I don't know how much he's going to game time he's going to see Cronulla. And that surely spells the end for our man CHT, which lends to your theory they're not keen on it, you know? Well, that's it. That's why I can't, that's why I don't want to keep him. They're, they're, they're not going to keep him. Yeah. You know, like they're just not like, you know, and Metcalf is, so you said they've, they've punted on him being the answer. And it's like, you know, what is he? Is he like the same age as Chanel? To be very close. Like Metcalf is, is 22. How old is Chanel? Chanel's 22 What's as well. Saying, yeah. And Chanel's shown more in first grade. And the most underrated thing about him, and this is already terrible, we get, we're all showing our cards to you, is that he's a really fucking good defender. Yeah. And because he's an Islander, honestly, no one is allowed to say that, that he's a good defender. It feels like. Like, it doesn't get talked about at all. One of the best defensive halves in the competition. But, like, because his name is Chanel Harris-DeVita, you can't talk about it. If he was, if it, you know, Jeff Robson wishes he was, wishes he was a good defender, <laughs> defender as, as Chanel Harris Tavita was. You know, he got by on fucking being a hard try or whatever. Chanel works his goddamn guts out in the halves. So, I don't know. I feel sorry for the guy, but I feel happy for the future owner of Chanel. <laughs> it, could, it could even be you. All right. Um, and the last team are the West Tigers, Nick Campton. This was this was this was really easy. I actually think this was the easiest of any of the clubs because the five standouts are just right there. So it's Adam Dewey, Stefano Utoikamanu, Dane Lowry, Api Corosau, and Isaiah Papali. And when you look at those five, that's actually a really happen? that's actually a really <laughs> nice that's a really nice core to just to, to, yeah. to just fill out the rest of the roster. You know, you got two guys in the spine, three guys in the spine, but two yeah, two guys in the spine, and then a really good forward pack in there as well. I really like it. I reckon it's good stuff. So and we started talking about a month ago, and before they'd signed Coruscant Papali'i, we all struggled to find that fifth one that we really thought was the fifth guy. And it was like a different yeah. stump throw each. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you look down there and you look at those five, and it's like that is one of the honestly, it's like a top, it's easily a top half of the of these teams core remaining. Yeah. Like they've got they've got their six, they've got one of the best young middles in the game and and Witikamanu, and they've got, you know, one of the best young fullbacks in the game. They've got a I know. People started acting like he's like 37 now, but Coruscant was a good veteran hooker. And then they have one of the best young edges in the game. What the well, fuck? One of the best young edges, <laughs> you can also be a really good middle. Like, so they've got the yeah. versatility there as well. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a really happen? nice thing. Are, are they allowed they, to do this? The team, the team of the podcast are back. The team maybe. of the podcast, they're back. They're back. Yeah, Never we're, having, we're, have, we're having a gap year, Bungard. I need time okay. off. But when they're yeah, all there fair. in 2023, <laughs> um, we're on. All right. Um, but while while we are on the Tigers, we weren't going to do any news stuff this week, but we should briefly talk about the Appy Coruscant signing. I think um, that's a fantastic get for them. Um, you're right. People have started talking about him like he's a senior citizen because of like, I think it, honestly, I think it's because West signed him. I think if a competent club had signed him, there wouldn't be half the hoo-ha. But um, yeah, no, I think it's a great get for them. And their fans have rightfully been like bewildered as to why they're being so well run at the moment. Yeah, it's two. It's two. It's two really good gets, and it's not as if as there wasn't competition for the two of them either. Like there were a fair few clubs keen on Coruscant. There would have been a lot of clubs keen on Papali'i, and West got West got it over the line. And I think, especially with the Papali'i deal, they've got it done on pretty good on pretty good money as well. They haven't paid too big for it. They were always looking for an experienced rake to sort of come in and hold the fort down for a couple of years while Simkin got ready to take over long term. But we've seen the impact that Coruscant had when he went to Penrith, and not just the impact that he himself had, but how he had, was able to open things up for Cleary and Luo. Mm-hmm. Whoever is in the halves long-term for West, if that's Luke Brooks or whoever else, I think Coruscant can sort of really help their game like that as well. And it'll be good just for them to have a bit of stability at Hooker because they haven't really had that. Even when Robbie Farrah came back, you know, he wasn't the force he once was, but he was kind of in and out of the team and getting injured a little bit and all that. So... I really like both signs. I'm, I, I think you're right, Bungard, where it was just because West, West got him and people thought, yeah. well, if West have got him, there must be something wrong with him instead of just saying, but oh, yeah, it's, it's, a good, it's a good signing. Let's just judge it on its merits. Exactly right. It's also one of those things like both of these things are good signings on their merits individually, but you add the context of what this club has to do to get players historically. They're cracking signings. Okay, this is the club that paid more than they're signing Coruscant and Papaletti for. They paid more for Josh Reynolds when he was already fucking cooked and Russell Packer when he was already cooked. Like they paid more for those guys. People trying to hammer these signings. These are cracking signings for the Tigers. They usually have to overpay guys to go there. They probably got one of the better back row contracts of the offseason in, in Papali'i. And then Coruscant, it's like, you know, Jake Simkins a great hooker prospect there. He is. But, like, the Tigers have done the prospect thing. Yeah. They keep doing it. Like, if Simkins is going to become a great hooker, he can become a great hooker and they'll see it happen. But Coruscant, they, they want a good hooker now. And they obviously haven't got him next year. But they'll have him from the year onwards. And the other way where people were hammering them, people were then hammering them for like, what about his vaccination status? And it's like, well, 
I think the people who signed him would know a bit more than me and you would know about that. I think they know a little bit more than me and you. I'm not going to say he's getting vaccinated, but I think they have a few more are you, plans. Are than you we telling have. me, Mitch, that Yahoo's on the internet don't know everything? Yeah. Could you say Yahoo's? And and look, right. obviously the little the stuff he did off the field this year isn't, you know, savory. It has fucking nothing to do with his value as a footballer. Okay, people. People like some people are going, well, at least we got rid of this unsavory character. It's like Penrith, your entire team was unsavory. You just saw that for the grand final celebrations. You don't give a shit, okay? You only give a shit now that he's gone. Yeah. I'm looking forward to when England win the Ashes for Joe Root to wield the wheel the urn around on a on a on a, in a pram and see what yes. they say. Um, oh. But on that on that point, like when you look at what the Cowboys paid paid for Luciano, and I rate Luciano, but I would That's never ridiculous. pay him that, that money. And then Papa Lee looks a steal by comparison. And the point you made, like two big gets in the space of a week. I don't know what effect Tim Sheens is having on that, whether we're seeing too much of that, but there is often a knock on Madge that players didn't want to sign for him. If Sheens walks into a room or has a phone call with you, you might be more tempted to, you know, sign for the club and then that's the result, right? Both yeah. these guys, both these guys have a history with Madge. Coruscant was with him at yeah. Souths and he coached Papali'i uh, for New Zealand. He gave him his, his test taboo. So while Madge does cop a lot of stick for not being able to get guys, it's pretty clear that he has a strong link with both these dudes. So... I'm not going to say that it's all him or it's all Sheens. I do think it's a genuine, a genuine mix. You know, I don't think it's a coincidence. The two guys who do have links to match have, have ended up there. Yeah, they've actually right made that. like well, historically there have been a mean club, meme club, but they've actually made pretty good recruitment of these tendencies in the last two years. Like they have bought in oh, well, Dewey in that Dewey, period. Dewey, they have Dewey, bought Dewey, in Kamalu, yeah. Bang, like, like none of those guys. And none of those guys are the overrated Tigers junior they've helped, they've pushed up, you know, pushed to the top of first grade and hope for the best of. They're not. They've done something different. And even guys like Luciano, they took a pun on him and he's turned him into a 700K back rower. Like those, that core is all right. The rest of the squad now still has issues, but if we're picking five for 2023, that's a pretty fucking good five. That's right, Tigers fans. It's start, time to yeah. start believing again. Time to get our hearts yeah. broke. Let's go. And Nick, also Coruscant, we're acting like, how many times have you seen now, like, 30 is not that old rugby league anymore. It's like Coruscant was not slowing down this year. He wasn't slowing down yet. I don't think he's all Michael, lose at all in a year. Michael Ennis was what, 31 or 32 when he went to Cronulla? That worked out and all he, right. And, he, and, <laughs> it felt like, and it felt like he retired early, by the way, Michael Ennis. And he'd had more miles on the clock. But it felt like he had more time left in first grade. And then, you know, there's other guys like, you know, Mitch Rain, for example, looked finished at 24. They're not, they're not all the same, but Coruscant has, you know, when you see him play a bad game because of age reason, or he looks like he's lost his gas, then we can start talking about it. From my opinion, yeah, I get so sick of already so. like looking at those and writing those guys off because of like thirty is somehow a magical barrier you cross it and your value just dips. The Morris boys again, I'm drafted them. You know, <laughs> like, they could give you minutes tomorrow. That's the thing. And That's in the thing. If years. you were trying to sign them in free agency, they'd say, no, 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 I can't do it. If you drafted them and you said, mate, it is your duty to show up and play yeah. for this team, they'll be there. They'll be there. They, they'll, they never let the team down. They got one good ACL between the two of them, but they'll make it work. Um, all right, the last thing we've got to do before we get out of here is introduce our team names and uh, pick our head coaches. So we did a random draft order for this. Mitchell, you're up. Team names. Well, team name was tough. But now I know we can, we don't have to really, you know, we don't have to really locate a team. So no, I did pick a location. So it, with the Westerns, so I was going to be Western Corridor, but I was like, no, we could be all of West. So with the Western, and that means whatever you think it means. So maybe we'll play a game or two at Perth and we'll claim that, whatever, with the Western. And then the second part, the team that I wanted something, originally I wanted something really rugby league. So I was like, I had first I landed on the Western nepotisms and I was like, no, that's, that doesn't do it for me. Then I was at the Western More Chilies was close. The Western Findos was close, but I decided I am going to go with it with a with a stupid Aussie animal instead. I've gone completely different. I've gone the the Western Sugar Gliders. That's what we're going with. Oh, I like that. I like I that. The Shugs. The Shugs. Exactly the right. That's good. With the Shugs. Yeah, I like it. So that's that's it. Well, Campo's already in the branding meeting, so that's it. I'm, I like I'm the Shugs yeah. as a the nickname. Shugs. The Western Sugar Gliders. We got there. So um. I was going to be the more chilies until I was like, no, sugar gliders is a good one, the sugs. So that's, that's what we're going to be called from here on in. And I picked my first, the head coach I'm picking. So yep. you can't have a coach who's got a gig. So we yep, can't go and take. Role. And I've gone, I haven't gone meme worthy. I've gone, I have gone deep though. I'm picking Ben Teo. 
Wow. Ooh, people, I do like people, that. Yeah. Yeah. I, do, I told you you'd like it, Campo. But yeah, I do like so, that. So, Ben Teo has, he's going to the Dolphins, I believe, to, to coach under Wayne Bennett. But everything I've heard about him off the field at Brisbane the last couple of years is that he is like on that head coach path. Like he's a real leader of men. He's really good at communicating and giving instructions. And he's, you know, his time with working with a lot of high quality coaches has kind of shown on him. And he, you know, it looks like he might be on the meteoric rise to a assistant gig and maybe head coaching gig in a couple of years. And I've just taken the pump because the, the head coach I was pumping for a couple of years, Jason Demetri, who's got his first grade gig. So I'll, I'll start yeah. pumping another one that's not your your Jason Riles or your Craig Fitzgibbons and whatever. This is a, that's fair. Ben Teo's in. Uh, Nick Campton. All right. Well, my team's going to be in Camden, of course, because I just never shut up about it. Where we need more I Sydney team. We need more, yeah, sorry, we need Sydney. one more. We need one more, boys. <laughs> and I thought, like, well, what's Camden famous for? And, like, every team out there is called the Rams, but I didn't want to do that. It's famous for racism, so I thought maybe the Camden Clansman or something like that. <laughs> but then I thought about it a little bit more, and I realised the thing Camden's really famous for is me. So it's the Camden Camptons. Okay. <laughs> it did happen, yes. Who's your head coach? It's like the... So I didn't know that they couldn't have a gig already. If they have, they a can Super have a gig. He's just not in the NRL. Him. Super League. Sean, Sean Wayne. Sean Wayne was on my. He was on my list. Yeah, he was on I my list. All George three of us. Like I knew George wasn't yeah. going to like he it. Was... I told him on the call before yeah. we jumped on re- and recording. I knew who he was going to pick, and I was going to. He was. Him. So he was Sean actually Wayne. only. He was on my list as well. If he I was on my. He was actually my. He was my. He was my second pick. So my top pick's still on the board. So George, I don't really know if he's a good coach or not. George reckons he is, and it goes on all the time about how you get an NRL gig. So I thought oh. I can chop George off at the knees and psych him out before the draft in a couple of days. So I like that. You've taken man. his lunch. My, my favorite thing about the, the uh, Camden Camptons is right now it doesn't sound like a sports team name, but the Cleveland Browns. Exactly. That is that is the owner of the team. You know, they're the Browns, and in in thirty or forty, people will be wondering like. You know what are the Camptons anyway? Where you know where are they? It's like oh mate, that's just you know that's just a Camden thing. The Camptons, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Green Bay Packers, man. Where does that? It come is from? mate. Doesn't exactly. no, nobody knows. The Take Factory down in Camden. That's where they come yeah, from. Yeah, oh, we'll have Camptons all around the place. Pupple run the water. <laughs> it's gonna be great. <laughs> uh, so after Nick stole my, coach, he's googling madly. <laughs> I was just trying to find the video. There is a video for your listeners who might not be aware of Sean Wayne, so he's a very successful coach with Wigan. Um, he would be, the closest I can maybe compare him to is Bellamy because he's a bit unhinged. Uh, and if you want to go into YouTube and type, Ben Flower follows Sean Wayne's instructions perfectly. It's the video where Ben Flower knocks Lance higher up, but the video before the pregame speech is from another game where he goes berserk on a tour. And Sean Wayne will be a good coach. In the NRL. Anyway, as Campo stole my coach, I'm going to go Christian Wolf. Um, pick. Because, you know, I think what he's done with Tom is pretty incredible. He's won two comps with St. Helens in two years. I think I could coach him to two comps because they're that good. Um, picking a team name was pretty difficult. So I tried to be topical and I read a really interesting article about um, rugby league in Kenya the other week. Yes, um, and I was going to explode. <laughs> so I uh, I was going to call my team the Nairobi Narwhals. That's got scuppered. Uh, and then another new story um, with Gladys potentially taking Warringah. I was going to call the team the Warringah Rorts. Um, <laughs> but then decided, I think, like you, Mitch, we need to be in WA. So I went for the Perth Bush Pigs. <laughs> the Bush Pigs. I like it. I like it. Pigs. <laughs> All right. Bushies. Let's go Pigs. It's a good team yeah, uh, last but not least, my team will be called the Fighting Mongooses because that's a cool team name. Um, the Mongoose is native to Africa mostly, and it's just a short trip across an ocean to get to Western Australia. So that's where my team was going to be based. But I guess we're now playing out of Adelaide. So we're the, the Adelaide Fighting Mongooses. <laughs> how, could um, have, how could you have a team with an African bent and not call them the Sharks or the Lions? How have you... You, you were the only one I thought get, would get the Fighting Mongooses reference. It's from two drama, isn't it? I got the yes, reference. Good work, I, just thought, I just thought this was a chance for you to be creative. In an well, you can cut it out. Ah, he's got right? it. Yeah, I have. All right. And all right, you want some creativity? Here's a coach for you. Michael Checker. Oh, <laughs> did it. There you go. Don't hate it. Love it. Love it. Yeah, and I he can bring about... Siege with him, Kenny. Yeah, no, Siege is not allowed near the team. Siege is not allowed with him. Yeah, he's not allowed anywhere near the setup. Yeah, I thought I had Sean Wayne on my list, 
had Brian McDermott, had Jason Riles, had Christian Wolf actually like thought about them all. But then I thought, hey, it's a bit of fun. And also Checker's already dipping his toe in rugby league now with Lebanon. So what better, like, let's give him a chance. I, I assume by 2023, Lebanon will be like world champions or some shit. And so he can triumphantly try his hand at the NRL. I thought you might have gone John Harbour or Ed Reed. I wanted Lewis to take it. Like I thought that, you know? no. I thought, taking, I thought taking like Bill Belichick or someone would just be a bit too much of a piss take. Whereas like Michael Checker is legitimately like a guy who historically has loved rugby league despite being a rugby union coach and is now actually taking the steps to become a rugby league coach. So I thought I could help him and he could help me deliver a title to the good people of Adelaide and their beloved fighting mongooses. Yeah. But uh, Sean Wayne was also going to be my first pick. So I guess it says something we all think about him. But I wanted to go like just. You know, it's an exercise of interest and fun. So I went Ben Teo, but I Sean Wayne, pick. I think, I think Sean Wayne, uh, as you said, probably could coach here. But the fact he's British is like no one's they don't no one take the pun on him. Hey, it's like no one could understand him either. Like if you listen, to, <laughs> yeah. if you listen to him joke, he jokes like he's from Wigan, so he talks like this. You know, we, you know, I can't imagine you know the West Tigers <laughs> players when Mads gets made a translator. Do they? Like. <laughs> yeah, that's why that's why West have signed Oliver Gilbert. He's spying the camp. He's the mole. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to white and Maja and then bring Sean Wayne in. All right. Hey, he's just come over from Wigan as well. There you go. It's all happening. Yeah. Um, right. So we will be back later in the week for the first. We're going to break into a couple of episodes. Uh, it'll be our first in-person podcast since the pandemic, Mitchell. So that's exciting. Um, it will be. And I'm pretty pumped and, to draft um, it. Yeah. It'll be more it's fun. It's going to be great. It is going to be a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, it's... Uh, it's draft well oh do you want to give them a quick refresher mitch so obviously we're picking 17 players from the nrl no. we're picking an 18th yeah. man and who are the what are the other couple of spots again? so we pick we pick 21 players we're, we're doing it this week we've got even a draft board people can check out online i haven't got it set up yet but people can uh not going to follow it live but you can see it after anyway but uh you have to pick an 18th man which is you know your utility spot there pick someone from the super league who can either sub into your starting lineup and if he does sub in the player you sub out has to be from that position so super league base player uh, a boom rookie who has not played a first grade game, so you've got to go find you know find your diamond in the rough there, and then also yeah, we want your off field leader. So maybe that's where Jake Tavoyevich gets gets picked now. He'd be yeah, the the, the, the vibes guy. He might not yeah. get on the field, but you, we want a vibes guy. You know, the vibes seems like a nice like the, boy. He's for this. That's, that person's for the sponsors in the boardroom more than the actual team. But you want a guy like a Ryan James <laughs> yeah. around the way. Maybe old Aiden on match day. On match on match day, Jake's greasing the wheel in the corporate box, just talking yeah. to the talking he, to the partners. He, and stuff. he hangs out in the leagues club heaps after. He's you know signing every kid's He's autographs. Good, when everyone it, calls yeah. him a everyone calls him a good football man. That sort of thing. Good but the coach man. is never picking good him unless he man. like. That's it. That's what we want. One of those yeah. guys. Good club man. Um, which one of us is going to blink first and take Chris Sandow and or Dave Taylor? We're all thinking it. <laughs> well, Sandow's on, a, on the comeback trail again. So He said he said he just needs a chance, and I believe him. <laughs> He's still got the magic. Oh, you never lose it, baby. You never lose it. Oh, Mitch, did you want to, before we go, did you want to talk about your uh, your hero to be the Pango Jr. winning his boxing debut? <laughs> Well, no, I, I was I wasn't at home when that happened. I was at, yeah, you I was were at, at watching Dune. I was you, watching Dune. Uh, you but, could uh, watch the whole fight by the time I finished this sentence, probably. So Actually, he, did, no, he looked he, he looked great though in, in the boxing look that's for sure. He yeah. looked, I, I thought he, he looked all right. He looked all right. He was throwing them okay. They weren't just big windmills or anything like hey, that. Hey, he got the future. Maybe maybe that's next for Chrissy. He he got a ringing endorsement from Jeff Horn saying he didn't just look like a footy player throwing hands. He looked like he was he looked like he knew what he was doing. Which oh is, no, he looked know, like a footy player throwing hands. Yeah, I think like a good. A I'm just telling you what Jeff Horn said, Nick. And who are, who are, who are you to question the Hornet? We well, definitely you question him. You you and your close personal friend Paul Gallon, the boxing expert. Ah, fuck, he's turned it around. He's yeah. turned it around. But as a club, the the Shugs are definitely going to be. Breaking some rules there. We're probably going to bring in Moses Pangai because we're going to have a run at Tavita. We'll get, his, we'll get him a job first. He's protected, but we're going to plant some seeds. I always expect the Shugs to really find the sweetener in the deal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, all right. Well, that was fun. Look forward to more fun later in the week. Look forward to doing a podcast in person for God, for God like honestly, the first time in like two years, I think. It so is two years. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, all right, uh, George, anything you want to promote before we get out of here? Nah, follow AAP Sport on Twitter and get around our stuff. That's yeah, I don't, I, I don't need to give you a login for his stuff. Because do you, you, can do just you want to it. defend Scott Bailey's honour while, while, while you're on here? <laughs> Set up, up to the Big Bash Scott's, fans yesterday. So. Scott's, Scott's his own man, mate. I think, I think his take was fair enough. Having said that, I went to an A-League game, which was watched by... Uh, had an official crowd of 3,000 people and there was no way there were 3,000 people there. Well, that was a stadium. 
Mate, if you're charging, like, legit, A-League, wake up, 40 bucks for, like, a general admission ticket. Yeah. Come on. So, you trying to grow the game or are you trying to just... My, my beloved, my beloved MacArthur FC ball. Top of the league. MacArthur, Top of the who league. I would, who I would die for. I really <laughs> He's would. supported them since he was a boy. Since, yes. I was a, since I was a lad, I dreamed of wearing the colours. And um, <laughs> they can't play games at Campbelltown right now because the pitch is too fucked. I so can't believe... out at Penrith. And it costs thirty six bucks for yeah, a kid's boy. ticket Ridiculous. at a ground that's an hour away from where they play. It, it's like, <laughs> and just on that, right? Because like the Tigers' last game at Campbelltown was against the Bulldogs in what August? No, no, because like, no, they were in Brisbane. Though. I got moved. They're like, yeah, Brisbane. so their last game was in like fucking May, and that pitch still looked like absolutely. Absolute, they had like six months to prepare that pitch for round one. They were like, oh, fuck, the A-League's happening. Like everyone else in the country was like, oh, fuck. But, uh, Shit. No, I agree. Scotty's take was fine. People just can't handle it. Like, he got roasted for some reason. His take was fine. But Mate, it was, what, was, what was he just said? He just said, he just said that, oh, I thought, I thought there was an appetite for live sport. There's no one at this big bash game, which it was not school holidays, late at night, terrible weather, more parks is shit of a venue to get to for anyone that doesn't live like in the area like that we live in and like it starts this week yeah like people's focus is elsewhere but also uh the other thing people like something with the sporting administration in this country the big bash is in the same thing they're just gonna like they've somehow killed the interest in that that code they've taken the the main too many games there's too many the way the way to ring a back bungard is by finicky stupid rules exciting new rules and that's how the fans will come back Change game, more games designed by pundits for pundits, you know. Yes. All the BBL yes. bring back the law, man. That's what I want to know. Yeah, because like a lot of people just obviously miss that stupid 75 second rule, and people don't know it. It's like if you someone gets out and the next batsman isn't in within 75 seconds, like out there to take you know, out there on, at the mark, they get to have a free bowl at the stumps. But when is that ever going to happen? Well, it's not, but people obviously hadn't notice that get announced because like it went like around the internet when it was shown on screen and people were like when the fuck is this going to happen when has anyone ever taken 75 seconds in a big bash game to get to the crease yeah like legit. and like and it's just this classic thing that was so sporting administrators is something disconnect between them and the fans that we're so hooked on speeding everything up that like speed we have to speed up guys getting to the crease it's like cricket the cr- that's this where the, the, the time is lost that's it the, the ten wickets is with the time. Okay, that's why. That's why the good people of Camden decided against going for a big bash franchise and instead threw their money behind <laughs> this venture. Good, perfect, yeah, fantastic. All right, well, that was a lot of fun. We look forward to doing it again later in the week. Uh, say goodbye, George. Bye. Say goodbye, Campo. There you go. Anything to promote, Campo? You promoting anything? Just oh. read my stuff. It's all free now. You, yeah, no guess what? Excuse. All of you are already promoting him by paying tax. So that's all you get. Say goodbye, Mitchell. uh, uh, Goodbye, Mitchell. That's goodbye from me.